we began our journey through Revelation, I went back and checked last September, September 14th, 2014 to be specific. And now this is sermon number 29. Feels like more than that, doesn't it? But it's sermon number 29, uh, and today we finally finish our journey through the book of Revelation. Uh, we are in Revelation chapter 22, very last chapter of God's inspired book. Uh, let me just say, well done. Well done. I, I, I just want you to know uh, you've uh, marched with me through this. Uh, we've been through seals and trumpets and bowls, and you've stayed hungry, and you've stayed eager to learn and grow, and, and I'm once again impressed with the church family here at Walloon, so nice job, well done. Um, uh, I, I just, I hardly ever do you hear uh, folks working through the book. I mean, most churches, you would have stoned me many Sundays ago to stop, quit, enough, no more bowls. But uh, you, you hung with me, and I just, I'm really proud of you, I really am, and uh, thanks for that. Uh, we were, last week, getting the first glimpses of the best is yet to come, which is the new heaven and the new earth. So uh, let's just uh, kind of get a running start into chapter 22, if you don't mind. Uh, and I'll just remind you some of the key points from chapter 21. New heaven and new earth are going to be brand new. It's all new stuff. And it's not just new as in brand new made recently, but new as in fresh, total extreme makeover uh, is going to happen here on planet Earth. It's going to be fresh and exciting and satisfying and fulfilling. And I really like this. How many of you like to be bored? No, I know. Some of you say, well, I'd like to have a boring day. But, I mean, really, would you like to be bored for a long time, like about a million years? No, it's going to be exciting and powerful, invigorating and satisfying. And that's what the new heaven and new earth are going to be all about. That's what Jesus said. I'm going to make everything new. Second, the new heaven and the new earth, the, the biggest thing about it is Jesus is going to be near. Chapter 21, verse 3. If you slide down, chapter 21 and verse 7, it's the dwelling place of God where followers of Jesus get to be face-to-face -face with Christ 24-7, 365. We get to talk and laugh and hug and hang out with Jesus completely satisfied, totally uh, exhilarated about our time there with the Lord. Third thing about heaven, it's going to be missing a few things. You remember that? Chapter 21 and verse 4, look at it if you have your Bible. But uh, it's going to be missing tears and death and mourning and crying and pain. Can I get an amen there? Yeah, I'm not going to miss any of that stuff. Missing famine and war and floods missing heart attacks and strokes and cancer, missing crime and divorce and prisons, missing uh, crime and funerals and all of the evil stuff on planet. It's going to be missing. So that's good. There's going to be a lot missing uh, in heaven. Fourth, new heaven, new earth, only accessible by invitation only. You've got to make sure you got the invite. Uh, you got to secure the invite in order to be a part of this. Uh, verse 7 tells us only those who've overcome sin and have had their lives washed with the shed blood of Jesus Christ, chapter 22, verse 14, will be invited. 
will be invited. So here's what we know. Jesus knocks at the door of every heart. Every heart of every person who gets to the age where they can choose Jesus for themselves, I would call that the age of accountability, has to choose. Am I going to open up my life to Jesus? Or am I going to say, no thanks, I don't want you a part of my life. I don't want to go to this place you're talking about. No thank you, I want to do it my way. Now listen closely. To get the invite, you have to choose Jesus for you. Mama can't choose Jesus for you. Uh, dad can't do it. Grandparents can't do it. Uh, brothers, sisters, some godly person who's a friend, they can't do it. You have to open the door of your life to Jesus for you. That's a choice each and every one has to make. Uh, fifth thing about the new heaven, new earth, uh, 21, 15 to 17, it's going to be really, really big. Really big. Uh, verses 15 to 17 tell us 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long, and 1,500 miles... Anybody? High. Uh, I had a, a math whiz do some calculating. You ready for this? Uh, all that space is one and a half times the amount of space on the sur surface of Earth today. I can't even hardly say it much less figure it out, okay? So uh, think about it. That's how big it is. It's way more surface, way more space for this place that we're going to be going to that's prepared. Way bigger place than planet Earth is surface is today. Sixth uh, fact about the new heaven and new earth we saw last week, it's going to be the most beautiful, the most gorgeous, the most breathtaking, the most enticing place ever, Okay? Uh, then somebody might say, what about the Grand Canyon? And our answer would be, better, way better. What about Tequamanan Falls? And the answer would be, way better, way, way. What about Hawaii? Fine, the answer is, way, way better. This is amazing. Uh, think about the most beautiful place you've ever been. I'm just telling you, this is way, Swiss Alps, better. This is, this is amazing and gorgeous and breathtaking, and we're never going to get over. We get to be here. Um, I said last week I get lots of questions about heaven. Uh, will my dog be with me in heaven? Answer is yes, but no cats allowed. Uh, <laughs> and if you have a problem with that, please send your letters to Pastor Bob. Uh, he wants to hear about that. Can I eat everything I ever wanted and never gain weight? Uh, just ask this recently. This is a fresh question, and they were honest. They were very serious. Uh, will there be a smoking section in heaven? And I said, really? He said, I, I, don't th I can hardly go an hour without a cigarette. So this, this would be bad. Uh, so here's the best answer I've heard. You ready? Uh, if it's wrong, we won't even want it. We won't miss it in heaven. And if it's right, we're going to have it in abundance. There's going to be so much of it. It's like, wow, can you believe there's this much fudge in heaven? Uh, or whatever's right, okay? Onion rings, amazing, yes. Anyway, you can tell where my head is. Uh, we're going to continue on with this amazing picture, uh, and we're going to stand and read the first five verses, okay? So it continues on, and we get some more uh, facts. 
about this wonderful place prepared for us. Chapter 22, verse 1, let's read out loud together. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river, stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. Let's pray. Lord, uh, once again, we want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, giving us glimpses of what's in store for each and every person here today who knows your Son personally as Savior and Lord. For each who've opened up the door of their life and invited by faith Jesus to come and be Savior and King. And I'm asking that these awesome snapshots that you inspired John to write down, Lord, help them to come alive today. Uh, ingrain them in our hearts and our souls, Lord. Uh, may this dazzling residence that you've prepared for your church uh, get tattooed on our hearts and our minds and our souls. Lord, we need this picture. We need to grab a hold of it each and every day, especially, especially during the bad days. Because the truth is, Lord, there are some here today, and they're hurting. There are some here today who are struggling and getting squeezed by the cares and the troubles and the anxieties of this fallen world. May your words about our eternal home bring comfort and assurance today. That's what we're asking. And Lord, may your spirit be welcomed today in your church. May King Jesus be lifted high amongst all of his followers. And all the church at Walloon said with hope and certainty because of the glorious future that's coming our way, they said, nice job. You may be seated. You're taking notes. This is uh, fact number seven. We got the first six last Sunday. Um, verses one and two, uh, here's fact seven. The new heaven, the new earth, it's going to be like the Garden of Eden back in Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, if you'll remember, back in Genesis 1 and 2, the Lord created the earth in six days. Seventh day, he rested. Uh, and then in Genesis 1.31, and God saw all that he had made, and it was okay. Is that what it was? And he saw all that he had made, and it was pretty good. Uh, God saw all that he had made, and it was what? What was it? It was, no, it was very good. It was, it was muy bien, Jose. Muy bien. See? See? Okay. In Genesis 2, 9, now look at it. Uh, you have the tree of life, but in Revelation 22, 1 and 2, you have the river of the water of life flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. Got the picture? 
Uh, you got the throne of Jesus there and this wonderful flowing river flowing right down the middle, uh, kind of like the boulevard. And on one side is Golden Street, and on the other side is what? Golden Street, okay? And on each side of the river stood the tree of life. And this amazing tree bore 12 crops of fruit, yielding fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations, okay? Um, tree of life regrown. So you got a tree of life, 2-9, Genesis. Now you got a tree of life, once again, regrown by the Lord. And it's an amazing tree. First of all, I like the fact that the tree is on both sides of the river. Think about that. So this is... I'm not sure if there's a hole or, or, but somehow, some way, on both sides of the river are this amazing tree, and uh, it bears 12 crops of fruit every month. Uh, and I'm not sure if, if you get oranges one month, and then apples, and then, you know, all the different trees. Think about it. I, or if it's always the same crop. I guess it really doesn't matter. It's going to be the best fruit ever. Uh, and every month, this tree is just going to keep producing. Each month simply ushers in another month of summertime. How many of you look forward to summer? Can I see your hands? Yeah, exactly. This is endless summer. That, that's kind of the idea here. Endless summer in heaven. Fact number eight about our eternal home. All the negative effects of sin and Satan are gone. All the negative things that frustrate us here on earth are gone. Therefore, we're going to be freed up to actively serve and enjoy serving and working for Jesus. Where do you see that? Look at verse 3. Here we go. No longer will there be any curse or any more curse words, I might add. Amen. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city. And notice, this is talking about us. And his servants, the servants of the Lamb, servants and followers of Jesus, what are we going to do? We're going to serve him. They will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. No more night. Don't need any more lights. Don't need any more lamps. Uh, for the Lord God will give them light, and they're going to reign with Jesus forever and ever. I, I like this fact. We're going to be sitting around in heaven just eating angel food cake all day long. Give me some more cake. Give me another bonbon. Where's my harp? Where's my cloud? Strum, strum. And, and I need to apologize. Sorry, Gail. Sorry, Sally. I know you guys are harp players. But um, that sounds, and I said this last Sunday, really boring. 10,000 years on a cloud eating angel food cake. Uh, no. Look at, look at it. I, I really like this. Verse 3. We're going to be actively involved, busy, serving King Jesus. Active and involved and working for Christ. That's what we're going to be doing there. Work that is rich and rewarding and satisfying and fulfilling. And some of you are saying, you mean there's going to be work in heaven? Uh, and the answer is yes, but work without the irritation, work without the frustration, work without all of the things that sin brought to us. If you go back to Genesis 3.17, you can do that if you like. Uh, hold your spot. But Adam sinned, Adam led the way, and Eve followed, and the ground was cursed, and that brought thorns and thistles and weeds, 
and work which was wonderful and enjoyable and satisfying became frustrating. It became sweaty is what it says. It, it went from enjoyable and rewarding to frustrating and sweaty and really hard. So yes, there will be work, but it's going to be work that's a blast. And if you think about it, most of you who are in jobs where that's your sweet spot, you kind of enjoy working, don't you? Yeah, you don't enjoy all the hassles. Well, the hassles are gone. The curse has been done away with. This is going to be wonderful, great joy, great delight in your efforts, much like the Lord planned originally for Adam and Eve in the garden. So that's the last of the facts. And now, kind of like uh, parents when they're about to go away, and I, you parents can understand, now you're about to leave, you've got, got a few things to say, you're going to be gone for a few weeks, and now you've got a few words to say to the folks just before you take off. That's kind of what this last section of chapter 22 is all about. So you, you get the facts, and, and now get some final words, and here's some of the final words, final instructions. Oh, and a few final warnings, you do that as you were heading out. Um, Verse 6, the angel said to me, these, these words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in this scroll. Okay, let's just pause. Verse 6, uh, John, what I'm having you write down, that's coming to you from the Lord Jesus. So everything here in the book, that comes straight from the man, the king, Jesus Christ. So just so you know, these words are trustworthy and true, verse 6. Then look at verse 7. Blessed, God's applause, God's congratulations, God's endorsement is on those who live obediently to God's written word. God's applause, his blessing, that's the word, verse 7, is on those who obediently obey God's book, which tells us, give me your eyes, this is important, the book of Revelation is not given to us so that we can forecast and predict precisely the end of the world. Did you know that? That's not why we have the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation is meant to motivate us to live obediently and live flat out daily for King Jesus. That's the purpose of the book today. Today, we're called to live obediently, and the book of Revelation is given to us to motivate us to every day live strong for Christ. That's the reason he gave you the book. Not so that we can get charts and try to figure it all out, because that's not the purpose. Okay? And sure enough, as soon as John starts talking about obedience, John disobeys and does a face plant and uh, we see that once again, verse 8. And I, I love the honesty here. I, John, and the one who heard and saw these things, and he writes about himself. I think I would have been tempted to leave this out. Uh, when I had heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who'd been showing them to me. So John is pumped. John is excited. And he falls down and starts worshiping an angel uh, just like he had done uh, earlier, and that was a bad thing, okay? Back in chapter 19 and verse 10, he had done that, and, and it's a bad thing. So don't get so caught up 
uh, that you start worshiping who you're not supposed to worship. Okay, get up off the ground, John, verse 9. But the angel said to me, don't do that. Don't you like that? John, don't do that. Get up. I'm a fellow servant with you and with your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Who are we supposed to worship? What does it say? Worship who? Worship God. Worship, worship God and God alone, which is just a good reminder of followers of Jesus. We don't worship basketball players. We don't worship actors. I don't care if, if they are really good actors or actresses. We don't worship musicians. We don't worship politicians. Guess we won't have a problem with that one. Uh, we don't worship billionaires, or we don't worship preachers or authors or, or TV personalities. Who do we reserve our worship for, church? Who? God, Jesus alone. Okay? And anytime I'm tempted to, no, no, get up, get off the ground, quit worshiping. Jesus alone deserves our worship, our honor, our praise. Then the angel gives John and us some, I think, some pretty curious instruction. Verse 10. Um, then he told me, John, don't seal up the words of the prophecy of this scroll because the time is near. Okay? Uh, John, um, make sure you let these words out. Send them out. Speak them out. I I'm coming back. Let the news of the glory to come shine bright. So I think that's to us, too. You don't, don't hide this. Jesus is coming back. Tell everybody you come in contact with. And here's where it gets interesting, verse 11. Let the one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Well, it's interesting words. You know, if, 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 if you're into vile, evil stuff, if you want to just do wrong, just have at it. It's some of the final words there. Choose evil and sin or choose Jesus and joy is the idea. It, it's like this. It's quit sitting on the fence is really what he's saying. You, you need to choose. You either need to get off and just be honest and you don't want to live for Jesus and you're just going to live strong for sin because that's really where your heart is, or live strong for Jesus. Verse 11. Revelation 3, 16, if you want to go back there. We, we looked at this uh, last fall, Revelation 3, 16, uh, talking to the church at Laodicea. Uh, lukewarm Christianity makes Jesus sick to his stomach. You remember that? Lukewarm, on the fence, I want to kind of play a boat. I, I, I want to keep one foot in the world, and I want to keep one foot in the church, and I want to kind of walk down the middle. Um, Jesus says that, that kind of living, that kind of behavior makes me sick to my stomach. When Christians don't live different than the world, it makes Jesus and his reputation and his church look foolish. When, when, when we look just like the unchurched world, and we're saying, you need our Jesus, and they're thinking, you talk just like me. You get mad over silly stuff just like me. You never say you're sorry just like me. You cheat and lie just like me. You listen to the same music I You watch the same stuff I do. Why would I want your Jesus? I'm just telling you, 
When we don't live any differently, we make Jesus and his reputation in his church look foolish. We take the shine off Christ. We are down to the final ten verses of the Bible. Are you ready? So we're back now in chapter 22. Uh, this is the final ten verses. Uh, verse 12. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give it to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha, I am the Omega, the first, the last, the beginning, and the end. Okay, the second time in this chapter, Jesus said, Hey, just in case you didn't remember, I'm coming soon. And each of you will be rewarded for your activity, verse 12. Verse 13, I'm the Alpha. If you go back to Genesis 1 and 2, um, who was it who spoke eternity and spoke the cosmos into existence? Colossians 1.13 says Jesus did it. Okay, uh, And now what he's saying here, I'm the alpha, I started it all, but I'm also the omega. That's the last uh, letter in the Greek alphabet. I'm also the ender of everything. So I started it all, and I'm bringing it all to a conclusion. And that's what we've been looking at, Revelation chapters 21 and 22. Verse 14 is the final, the seventh and the final beatitude in Revelation. Uh, we've looked at several of those. Uh, blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life uh, and may go through the gates into the city. So God's applause, God's congratulations are on all of those who've been to the cross and allowed the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross to wash and cleanse their lives, their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. Revelation 7, 14. Get, get this. God's blessing is on them. God's applause is on them. Why? Because they have exclusive rights to this new heaven and this new earth. If you want the backstage pass, if you want to be here in Revelation 21 and 22, what needs to happen? He just says it, verse 14, then you need to go to the cross and allow the shed blood of Christ to wash and cleanse you, and that then brings you the backstage pass that will give you full access to the new heaven and to the new earth. Verse 15, Hearts are getting hard. Hearts are saying, no, thank you. And now John lists five types of people who are committed to their sin and their rebellion. Okay? Uh, these are five types of people who will not be allowed access into the new heaven and new earth. Okay? No invitation for these folks. Verse 15, one outside the new heaven and new earth are the who? The dogs. Uh, in, in biblical times, just so you know, uh, dogs weren't looked upon fondly, especially wild dogs, especially the dog, they, they, anyway, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. If that's where your heart is, if that's what you're all about, if that's where you want to go and you don't want Jesus to come in, you're going to keep the door shut because I love this stuff, you will not be invited. No invitation is issued to you. 
Then Jesus steps up and gives us some final thoughts. I like this, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. Uh, and I'm the bright morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears me say, come. Let the one who is thirsty, what is it? Come. And let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Imagine you've been designing and preparing a home for someone you love, and they've never seen it, and they've never, they've never walked around, and now you've spent years getting this house together. Got it, Kim? And now you've, you've prepared it, and it's a wonderful friend, and you can't wait for them to come and enjoy what you've prepared. That's what Jesus is saying here. I can't wait for you to come. It's going to be awesome, and it's going to be amazing, and I want you to come and enjoy this place. And the water of life is free, and Jesus wants us all. He keeps saying it. Come. Everybody, come. I want all people on earth to come. That's his desire. He prepared this place, and he wants all to come. Uh, next, we get a little warning, okay? Uh, come, but I want you to know there's something I'm telling you that you need to be warned about. It's a word of warning about God's word, the Bible, verse 18. Um, again, we're down to the very last few verses of the Bible. I warn everyone who hears the words of prophecy of this scroll, okay? If you hear this book, if you've read the book of Revelation, if you add anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. That's strong, verse 19. And if anyone takes away from the scroll of prophecy, God will take away from that person any share in the tree of life and the holy city, which are described in the scroll. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's pretty strong, sobering warning. Um, and it's all about God's word. And it reminds me that, you know what? God doesn't bless the words and the teaching and the preaching or the ideas of Jeff Ellis or Bob Cook. God doesn't bless uh, the words of uh, Andy Stanley or David Jeremiah or Billy Graham or Matt Chandler or Beth Moore, and I'm sorry if I didn't mention your favorite, but any of those that you got in your mind right now, okay? Jesus blesses, are you ready? His word. Jesus blesses Genesis to Revelation. Clear teaching, clear application of the book is where his blessing is resides. Nothing added, nothing subtracted. Just keep to the book, okay? And it says very strongly, if you purposely distort the message of God's word, you've got a lot of bad things coming your way. Matter of fact, that means you're a false teacher, and you are going to have to face judgment for that, okay? God's word must be handled with care. Makes you a little sober, doesn't it, Myron? You know, when you think about it, ooh. Uh, that's why James says, not many should aspire to be teachers or preachers because there's a lot of responsibility. You, you better handle this book with care. Serious, disastrous consequences for mishandling God's Word, the Bible. And now, it's just two minutes to ten, and we only got two more verses to go. That's pretty good, huh? 
Uh, last two verses of God's book, last two verses of Revelation, verse 20. He who testifies to these things says, yes, <laughs> I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Last verse of the Bible. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. May, may God's gracious mercy, all of his good gifts just be with you all. Amen. Let, let it be. Let it be. Okay? Um, here's what's interesting. I kind of skipped over some of these things. But go back to verse 7. I, I want to show you. Because he says this four times. Uh, behold, Jesus says, 22.7, I'm coming soon. Slide down to verse 10. The time is near for Jesus' return. Uh, 22.12, Jesus shouts, I'm coming soon. And now, verse 20, Jesus says, I'm coming soon, amen, amen. We're glad you're coming soon. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Four times. The end is near. I'm coming soon. Get ready. Are you ready? I'm coming soon. Now, let me ask you an obvious question. How long has it been since John recorded this vision? Anybody? About how long? About 2,000 years. Um, so the obvious question is, John, did you get this wrong? Did you not hear the angel well? Did you record this improperly? Were you mistaken, John? Because uh, 2,000 years... Um, that's a long time. That doesn't seem very soon. So I want to close by having you turn quickly to 2 Peter chapter 3. Would you please? 2 Peter chapter 3. And that's where we're going to conclude our, our time this morning. 2 Peter 3. Everybody keeps talking. Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. Are you ready? And nothing happens. Is this real? Is it true? You ever thought that way? I have. Really? How come it hasn't come if he's coming so soon? Way back in the early church, when Peter was inspired to write these words down, just need you to know, uh, lots of persecution, lots of bad stuff happening to followers of Jesus, um, and, and now they're hungry for the return of Jesus. And they keep saying, he's coming soon, he's coming soon, and he hasn't come. And they're saying, what's going on? Maybe he's really not coming. Here's what the Lord inspired Peter to write down for them, for us. Look at verse 3, 2 Peter 3. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. That's the my way people. Verse 4, they will say, where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestor died, everyone goes on as it has since the beginning. He's coming back. He's coming back. Where is he at? And, and, and they're just going to hold that and, and throw that right in your face. Uh, slide down to verse 8. Here's what Peter says. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years are like a what? A day. The Lord's not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you. He doesn't want anybody to go to the lake of fire. He wants everybody to get the invitation and open the door of their lives to Jesus. 
He wants everybody to do the U-turn and come running to Jesus. Okay, so the church in every age for 2,000 years convinced Jesus is coming back in our lifetime. Did you know that? For, for uh, you, can, you can do a lot of church history. Everybody thought he's coming back today. He's coming back in my lifetime. And guess what? I'm convinced of the same. I think he's coming back in my lifetime. Do you think that? And that's the way it's supposed to be. But I want you to get a little perspective. Look at verse 8. Here's the perspective. With the Lord Jesus, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. So here's what we need to remember. Um, on God's calendar, it's only been two days <laughs> since Jesus went to the cross. In God's timetable, uh, it's only been two days since he arose from the dead. Uh, from God's perspective, it's only been two days since Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. So you, you just need to get a little perspective here and understand, Lord, I guess that's true. My ways and my way of thinking is not always your ways. Uh, you, you have a different way of looking at things. Slide down to verse 14. It says this, So then, conclusion, dear friends, dear friends back in the early church, dear friends at Walloon, since you're looking forward to his return, since you're looking forward to the new heaven and the earth, um, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. So, so what's the conclusion? Make every effort, church, make every effort to deal with that entangling, besetting sin that you struggle with. And here's the truth. Everybody here, we all have a weak spot. Did you know that, Balcony? Every one of us here, we have a weak area. It's, a, it's an entangling, besetting thing that without Jesus, it could destroy us. You have one. I have, first of all, you better know what it is. And secondly, look back at verse 14. It says, make every effort to get victory over that entangling, besetting. See, I want, when I return, I want you to be walking with me, blameless, spotless, living in victory. Because you fought hard to stay strong, to live my way. So, so I conclude our, our study of, of Revelation with this question. Are, are you making every effort? Are, are you doing whatever it takes to get victory over your weak area? Are, are you doing whatever it takes? I'm going to make every effort, it says, that, Lord, when you return, I, I'm going to be walking strong with you. Or have you just given in and, and you're not fighting anymore, and I, I'll never get victory, and, and, and I quit. And maybe you're just laying in the ditch. It's time to get up, church. It's time to get ready, because you know what? I, I want to be at peace with you, Jesus. I want to be in right relationship with you when you come back. Make every effort, church. If you're looking for his return, make every effort to get victory over that, that entangling, besetting sin that you struggle with. Yours is probably different than mine, but, but it's still that, that if I don't get victory here with your help, Lord, that has the potential to destroy me, has the potential to destroy you as well. Let's pray as we close. Lord, uh, we just acknowledge that we are a weak 
and a desperate people. We truly are. We, uh, we uh, like to think more highly of ourselves than we should, many of us. And Lord, uh, therefore, we think that uh, we're bulletproof and we think that we can do it on our own power and our own strength. And the truth is, Lord, that's uh, usually the attitude that leads up to a face plant. So, Lord, my prayer is that, first of all, if there's any here who have never even identified their weak area, if they've never even recognized what their entangling, besetting area of sin is, Lord, would you show them exactly where that weak spot is? Show them where they tend to repeatedly again and again fall and miss the mark in sin. And Lord, my prayer is that we would make every effort. That's what you inspired Peter to write down. Make every effort, whatever it takes, to get victory in that area. And Lord, uh, we're still weak sinners, and when we blow it, and when that, that entangling, besetting sin gets us again, Lord, help us not just to lay there and quit and give up. Help us, Lord, to quickly do the U-turn and run back and get back in right relationship with you. Thank you for uh, the amazing, awesome future you've planned for all who are followers of your son, Jesus. Lord, uh, we've just looked at some snapshots of glory and our eternal home. And Lord, we just want you to know they bring us hope, they bring us encouragement, they bring us confidence, they bring us peace. Uh, help us to be ready when uh, your son, our king, makes his return. And finally, Lord, if there are those here today who have yet to secure their reservation, Lord, if there are any here who uh, you're knocking loudly on the door of their hearts and so far they haven't yet opened up the door by faith and invited your son in, Lord, uh, today would you give them the faith and the courage to open the door and invite you in? Anybody say, Pastor Jeff, I'm, I'm really not sure. You know... I'd like to think, but I, I, I just don't know. If I died today, I, I'm not sure if I have secured my reservation or not. I, I'm not sure if my name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life or not. Uh, I just don't know. Or maybe you're here and you'd be honest enough to say I, I'm pretty sure it's not there. I have great news. You can secure a reservation today, right where you're seated. Isn't that good news? It's not too late. So uh, if there's anybody, uh, as we uh, conclude the book of Revelation today, who just honestly admit, you know what? I, I, I don't think my name's there. I, I don't think I've got my reservation. I, I don't think I've got that backstage pass uh, to the new heaven, my eternal home. But I want to secure that today. Anybody lift up your hand and say, that's me. I'm not sure. Matter of fact, maybe I'm pretty sure I don't have it. But today, 
I want to take care of that. That's the great news. Anybody? Just just lift up your hand. I'd like to pray. I'm not going to embarrass you. Yeah. I'm not going to call you out. Um, but boy, I'd like to pray with you and pray for you. Yeah. Anyone else? Now, here's the great news. Um, the backstage pass comes by faith in the gospel. And the gospel is all about facts, facts that are true and historical about King Jesus. So uh, we had some hands go up. But I'd like all of you. I know some of you have done this. Maybe you've done it a long time ago. So if this is you, you're just reaffirming the facts. You're just saying, these are the facts that have changed my life. But maybe today is the first day you're ready to open up the door of your life and say, Jesus, come on in. Come and uh, wash and cleanse and take charge. So this, for some of you, will be a reaffirmation. Others of you, this is your first time. This, this is how you secure that brand new relationship with Jesus. Okay. So everybody, with me, write out loud, Jesus, I believe. You are the sinless Lamb of God. And Jesus, I believe that you alone are qualified to save me. And Jesus, I believe that you took my place on the cross. And Jesus, I believe that you shed your blood for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I believe that you took my place in the tomb. And Jesus, I believe early on Sunday morning you arose from the dead. And Jesus, I believe that you did that for me. And by faith now, Jesus, I open the door of my life. I invite you in, Jesus. I receive you as my Savior and my King and my eternal friend. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Best facts ever known. By faith we believe, we receive. That starts that eternal friendship. Um, I uh, asked that we would close uh, with my favorite song about heaven. So uh, this was my ask, and I appreciate uh, Andy being flexible. So uh, if you want to know what's your favorite song, there's lots of good songs about heaven, but this is my favorite, and we're going to stand and sing it as we